I'm a traveler, far from home. I get lost, but I press on. 'Cause there's a mansion and streets of gold where I belong. Yes, there's a day coming soon where the old will be made new and heaven's glory shines like the morning before our eyes. When we all see Jesus, when we all see Jesus, no more sickness, no more madness, no more Amen. It's Saturday, January the 22nd, 2022. This is Tom Richardson with the Removing Confusion podcast. It's a little bit different of a show today than I usually have. Some may say, well, that's a good thing. <laughs> Somewhere last night or early this morning, uh, a good friend of this show and uh, a guy that I looked up to as far as his Bible teaching went, slipped away into eternity to go and be with glory and his, with his Lord. His name was Bill Randalls, Pastor Bill Randalls of the Believers in Grace Fellowship in Iowa. A lot of what comes from me, I learned from guys like Bill, Steve Mitchell, who we lost in 2020, Russ Dizdar, we lost last year, and his wife. It seems like every time I turn around, the Lord calls home another warrior. And I'd like to think that uh, those of us who are left would continue on. And that's what we're going to try to do here at this little platform that we've developed. I don't worry about numbers. I don't worry about likes and clicks and whatever. All I wonder, all I want to do is be faithful. And uh, I try. I know that uh, we get caught up a lot of times in the things that go on in this world because we do live in it. 
there's that blessed piece of biblical truth where we're told to be in the world but not of the world. And that's a really hard road, or uh, should be, should I say, that's a really hard line for us to stay on a lot of times. People like Bill and Steve helped keep me on that line because they taught the Bible truthfully. And there were there's others out there that I've been with, uh, listened to, and and uh, met here and there that uh, have been a big impact on me and, and many, many, many others as well. We have to be thankful, uh, as I was telling another friend of mine, Mike Lyons of the, what does he do? The World Turned Upside Down podcast. I'm trying to shake him into doing something here with me or I with him very soon, and we are going to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell him to quit making excuses. That's only in partial jest we we do have we have time that is very limited we don't know when our last day will be we don't know when the last day will be but we can be guaranteed of this one thing it will come it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment Now, for those of us who are saved and know the Lord and know him well, (laughs) that means he knows you as well. He looks at you and he sees your flaws. He sees your foibles. He sees when you slip and fall. And he looks for us to be like David in Psalm 51 where we repent of what we've done wrong. That's how it says that David had a, a heart or was a man after God's own heart. And it says that because God looked to David when he when he messed up. He messed up royally a couple of times, right? He went to God and he said, I, I truthfully know that I've sinned against you. Don't, don't take the Holy Spirit from me. Now, I have a couple of clips of my mentor and friend bill that i'm going to play and i i these are just some things i've heard because i've listened to most of his uh i have an ipod full of his stuff he would go chapter by chapter through the bible and some of the stuff that he saw there was astonishing really to me uh not not that it Nobody else did it, but nobody else that I heard or listened to was really punching that stuff out like he did. And, uh, you know, these couple of things I have here are just some stuff to lay lay some groundwork for where I want to go the rest of the way out today. Um, Here we go. Pastor Bill Randall's. for centuries that God has shown the human race that no one even thought to question (laughs) and it's from God marriage man and woman sanctity of life 
Okay. What's happened in our lifetime? Almost every one of those primal things is being repudiated. I mean, think about this this way. We had a president of the United States actually advocating that there be no difference in boys and girls bathrooms. I mean, all the important problems he had to solve that. What I'm saying is not to be political or even put down anyone. I'm saying, look, the apostasy's already started. The day of the Lord draws nigh. We are moving away from something. I'm, okay, not everyone in the world is Christian, but not by a long shot. But everyone in the world used to believe that marriage was just a man and a woman. Not a man, man and a man or a man and a child. That is so abominable that almost every culture would reject that vigorously except Islam. Okay, but that's because they're perverted. All right, but most normal people would reject that absolutely. What do we see now? I mean, you could look at, look, it gets so distressing. We're like Lot. Our hearts get burdened and weighed down. It hurts us to read the news. But if anyone has eyes to see, you can see trends happening. For example, ever since they legalized gay marriage, then the next trend is to legalize and normalize pedophilia. Distressing time we live in. It's called the apostasy, where the whole world collectively allows themselves to be moved away from not just religious doctrine, but I mean fundamental humanity doctrines. Like life, okay. Abortion is the sin that's destroyed our country. Once you buy into that, good heavens, okay. And homosexual marriage is the same. I mean, once you do that, see, see, judgment is coming, and judgment is coming for specific reasons. There's several reasons that the nations just end. God judges them. He destroys them. He guts them. He gives them insane leadership. He strips away their sense of moral being. And nothing makes sense anymore. People aren't safe under these situations because the the adults in charge are mad. That's what's happening. Trump's kind of a reprieve. I don't know what's coming next. But it's not going to be good. I don't think he meant that to be a prophetic statement right there at the end where he said, I don't know what's coming next, but it won't be good. Now that, that last segment of that thing, uh, was telling where he said the leaders are, they've lost their mind. Leaders of our nation have lost their minds where, you know, homosexual marriage and abortion and gay rights and all these other things that we would have, you know, 40, 50, 60 years ago would have never made it to the front, would never have been such a uh, platform, of a political platform. But now that's all it is. I saw today... They they have to frumpify, I made that word up, the M&M's cartoon characters in their commercials. They're, they used to have the, 
different, you know, there was a guy, the peanut was kind of the goofy one and then the little round, you know, that goes on. And then you'd have the, uh, the female and she would wear high, high heels. It kind of helped you get the idea that was the girl, you know, they don't have hair or anything. Maybe his long eyelashes. The company behind M&M's, I think it's Mars, has decided that she needs to be out of the high heels and into some shoes that don't do anything to objectify her. It's a piece of candy and a cartoon. They put the high heels on her because, hey, you know, maybe she was the hot M&M. I don't know. I don't know what they think anymore. They're thinking, and this is into the corporate area. I got, I've jumped off the politics, but that's where it all spawns from. It spawns from a political system that has gone insane. They have lost the ability to think. They have become reprobate. It's sad. Now, not everybody in politics is a reprobate, but the ones that are in power, Schumer, Pelosi, Biden, Harris, all the ones that they've hired around them, Peppermint Patty or Raggedy Ann, whatever you want to call her, the press secretary, they they just carry water for a bunch of fools. And I think Bill hit hit the nail on the head. The ones that are supposed to be running the show, they're, they're, they're acting like a bunch of spoiled kids. They've absolutely lost their minds. A nation that has lost its way this horribly is a nation that is doomed if it doesn't repent and get back on track. You can't repent without turning to God. Oh, yeah, you know, you can say, well, I can repent without all that Jesus and God stuff. I can just quit doing the bad things that I'm doing. You're still going to go to hell without Christ. People say, well, I've done all these good things. I don't care about your good stuff. I'll tell you what, I haven't. I haven't done such good things in my life. I could have done a lot better. If I had to count on the good things that I've done, to get me into heaven and spend eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ and all the saints, if I had to depend on what I've done, I already know that I would never make it. I already know that that's that's stacked up as far as from here to the moon, all my good things, which they are, there's not that many. Nothing that was you know, the golden brick that would get me across the river. Now, I realize I'm kind of ranting, but, you know, I'm trying to get a point across. I'm not being self-deprecating, and I'm not trying to build myself up through self-deprecation. I'm telling the truth. If we all sit down and examine ourselves, as Paul tells us to do in the book uh, uh, First Corinthians 11, somewhere in there, it says, examine yourself. Now, you know, if you truly did that and stripped away this whole idea that once I've said a five-second prayer, I'm good, 
I'm in. I'm done. I think there's more to it. I'm not saying there's there's more to it that I have to do. Jesus has the sole way to heaven. He is the sole way to heaven. I am the truth, the light, and the way, he said. Not me. I'm not me. People don't know the Bible. I know people who say, I read the Bible every day, and they throw numbers at me about and they can quote scripture, and they get hung up on certain passages, and they just go, oh, oh, look at this right here, what it says. And they go over it and over it and over it again, and then you say, well, what does it mean to you? Why is it that you keep bringing this back to me? What does it mean? And if you believe in a tri- the pre-tribulation rapture thing, which is fine. You believe whatever you want. As long as you have Christ in the center of everything, you're going to be okay. Well, I won't be here when anything bad happens, all that kind of thing. Oh, there, I, know, I, I have, I have a, a serious issue with people who take Scripture and don't know what they're talking about. But they'll say things like, you know, in First in Thessalonians 5, it says... For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief of the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Remember the part that says peace and safety. I know some folks that think, Peace and safety means that, oh, they're, they're, they're cutting back on this COVID thing. The COVID thing, friends, I'm telling you right now, and everything that seems to revolve around it is to distract you and get you to fall in line, do what they tell you to do, put on your mask, shut your mouth, get your shot. And then when we tell you, come back, because we, we want to have this passport system that says if you're vaccinated you can travel if you're not you don't it is you know from the beginning of time people have been allowed to travel god told him in in in, uh genesis 11 split up go out be fruitful and multiply don't stick together you know don't don't come up with a a plan where you stay all in one big clump this is a new start to the world practically we need to get out and 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 settle the whole thing and they didn't so he had to scramble their their speech to get them to you know can you imagine you woke up that day and you go to the to the tower to start you know pounding your bricks into place and and hey hey you go over there and the guy said (laughs) all the different languages and there the babble B-A-B-B-L-E, babble. They babbled to each other. Now, they each this one knows what that one's saying. That one knows. They had to split up. God made them split up. They didn't want them in a big clump. And as, as sure as what they say, dollars to donuts, you can see the devil in the background trying to clump everybody back together. We knew it was coming. Those of us who've listened, 
those of us who've studied the word, those of us who've cared, they can see the patterns. You can see the things coming right at you. Now, sometimes people shut it off. I don't want to hear about that. I don't want to get involved in all that Bible prophecy stuff. We're all in it together. We're all going to go through it together. Yeah, you're all going to stick your right hand out and let them and let them stamp on or stick in or whatever they're going to do so they can track you. Right now, they got it on your phone. If you go to certain places, they've got the, the QR codes that they put on your phone that says you're vaccinated so you can eat inside. Take off your mask. They drug a young boy. I think it was a boy. It might have been a girl. Regardless, out of the, I think it was a New York Metropolitan Museum. Just recently, this is on Gateway Pundit. Uh, if this was a video show, I'd show it to you, but, you know, it, it pays no heed to play it. I can just tell you, the New York City NYPD police department came and took the family away in the cop cars. They separated them. Took this little, I think it was, I think it was a little girl, two female police officers. Yeah. Took the little girl and put her in a car by herself. That's okay. What are they going to do? Are they going to separate this family over this mess? Because you have to be vaccinated to go inside. They bought tickets. They had they had their tickets. But once they were in, that was it. How often does this have to happen? It happened in a pizza playing with Chuck E. Cheese or something. They they the new New York City Police Department called in to take a little ten year old kid and separate him from his family and get him out of the, you know, so that the big Chucky e. Cheese rat doesn't get COVID. People are triple vaccinated. So that means they're fully vaccinated until they come up with a next one. And the next one and the next one. It's, it's like somebody said earlier, I saw him, it wrote, the goalpost keeps getting moved on the vaccination status. Those of us who have taken none of it, at least we can say this. Our RNA and DNA are clear. We don't have all those crazy spike proteins running wild and rampant in our body. Why do we need to know Bible prophecy? Why do we need to pay attention to a 2000 to no, I'm sorry, a 4000 some odd year old book that covers 6000 years of uh God's intended word for you? History is all in there. It's not made up. It's been proven over and over and over again through archaeology and everything else. Now, Pastor Bill, because <laughs> I really wanted to keep this dedicated to him, but I got fired up because this is the kind of thing that he would teach you. And he'd do it uh, probably a whole lot better than I did. Uh, he did another... Oh, good Lord, he did so much. Uh, where he's talking from Second Thessalonians, well, the first and second Thessalonians. And I want you to pay very close attention. For It's just a shorter clip than the other. It's only a minute or two. But, you know, I love listening to this guy. 
He was such a. Now, the modern approach is oh, they're baby Christians. Just go as simple as possible. A, B, C, D. Don't go beyond D. Everything's got to be as simple and babified as possible. But that's not Paul. You could tell from these letters what he taught in three weeks, among other things. They knew what the meaning of repentance was. And that's in 2 Thessalonians 1. They knew the teaching on sanctification. That's a holy life, okay? They knew about the rapture, harpazo. Some of us don't get into end times. That's, that's, that's deep. You're going to turn them off. No, you're not going to turn a real Christian off by Bible teaching. You're going to inspire them. They knew all about the rapture. They knew what the meaning of the day of the Lord was, the tribulation, the birth pangs. He makes reference to these, all in these letters. Don't you remember I taught you about that? They knew all about the Antichrist. They knew all about the man of sin that will be revealed. They knew all about the prophecies, about the apocalypse and the parousia. In other words, he didn't go light on in three weeks. I mean, he gave it all in those times. And a very heavy emphasis on prophecy in three weeks. Okay. Three weeks. Three weeks. Now, what's he talking about? I will explain very shortly and quickly. The two books in your Bible, First and Second Thessalonians, and if you go back to, I think it's Acts 17, you find when Paul was actually at Thessalonica or Thessaloniki, depends on how you want to say it. You find when, when, what it was he was doing and how long he was there. You know, he didn't spend years in Thessalonica. He, uh, runs up against the Bereans and the others in, in that area, the people who said, hey, you know, we are gonna, we don't know. This stuff sounds a little bit off there, Paul, but they found that it wasn't. They went back and checked the scriptures to see if these things be true. But if you read that, you'll find Paul only spent three weeks. What is that, 21 days? You can break it down in hours if you want to. I didn't do it. Three weeks. And if you read First and Second Thessalonians, It'll astound you. He wrote these letters later, but he says, don't you remember when I was with you that I told you these things? You know, but if, when you go through, it's like Bill said, they, they, he, Paul talked to them about sanctification, which is the cleansing of you. You know, where we are constantly, as long as we suck breath on this earth, we've already been justified. You're justified when you accept the Lord as your Savior. You're justified. Your Savior and your Lord. Lord is your Savior. He's your Lord and he's your Savior. You're justified by that blood, that atonement that he did for you. And then sanctification kicks in where you're, you know, set apart, cleaned up, made holy by him. His righteousness works through us. It just, you know, and of course, you know, you have the, the whole 
uh, resurrection and rapture phase in First Thessalonians chapter 4. And I've covered this more than once. I've covered it again, and I'll cover it again and again. You know, uh, where the, this is, because it's, it's, it's very good. It's interesting. But I would not have you ignorant, First uh, Thessalonians 4 and 13, I wouldn't have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. That's why right today, even though we do mourn, and it tells us in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, I believe, blessed are those that mourn because they will be comforted. Yes, we will mourn and we will grieve on this planet because we've, we have lost someone. We, now, we always say that. It's a terminology we use in English. We've lost Bill. We've lost my friend George who passed away a week or so ago. Uh, 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 Russ, all these other ones, Steve Mitchell, you name it. There's, we've lost a lot of people from this planet, but they're not lost. They're, they're with the Lord. We know where they're at. So we carry on. Concerning them which have are asleep, that we sorrow not, even as others who have, which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now, you tell me, does that sound like something secret? Does that sound like something that's going to happen and nobody's going to know it? Does that sound like, hey, where'd Bob go? I don't know. He's there a minute ago. No, that will happen. <laughs> you know, the way it says later on is, you know, there's two sleeping and one's gone, you know, all that kind of thing. We are alive, which remain, shall caught up to be with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. That's the end of chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians. Now, that's been a tweaked and misrepresented, and I, you go on and on. You believe what you want about it. I want you to believe one thing and one thing specifically. The Lord will come. And I believe soon. When I say soon, it could be five, six, ten years. It might be a hundred. I don't. I doubt that. But the people who these letters were written to, two thousand years ago, looked for the Lord to come. They believed they were in the last days. Man, there's so much you can go into. Uh, now, now, the main thing, I wanted to carry on with what Bill said. You know, here we have a group of people in Thessalonica who Paul spent three weeks with. Now, you know, I've been accused, and I'm, I'm telling you right now, and it ticks me off, but I've been accused by people who know very little, and they say, when you preach, you preach way over top people's heads. 
But yet when I'd get done, people would say, I, I never thought of it that way. Cause I, I, I've told my friend Bill before he passed, you know, I, I've, I've stole some of your stuff, you know, I've used some of your ideas and he's always been like, Hey, it's public domain. Once I say it, you know, now I would give credit where credit is due. Some stuff we, we just expound on because it's, it's so well done by the, the originator, which would be God really. But then, you know, the Bible teacher can pick things out, the types and shadows that are in the Old Testament that prove everything that we believe in in the New. And you find that doesn't happen very often. You find most preachers today are looking for something snappy and something that, oh, I'll get the people going, and, you know, they'll they'll just gloss over the idea. They don't need to know stuff. All they need to do is walk out of the church today feeling good. I want you to feel good if you walk out saved. If you walk out unsaved, if you walk out unsure, I want you to be convicted. If you are saved and you've been failing and flailing in sin just because you want to, and we all do it, folks, I want you to walk away convicted and ask God for forgiveness. We have to do it all the time, don't we? We're always messing up. We always goof up our relationships, in, and especially the one with Jesus. And we don't want to do that. He's, he's done so much for us. People say, well, you ain't done nothing for me. That's because you're not saved. You haven't sat down and realized that hell is forever and heaven is forever. Once you take your last breath here, you're going to be in one of those two places. One will be glorious. The other one will be torment. Read Luke 16 and let it sink in. Luke 16. I'm not reading it today. All right. In in 2 Thessalonians, again, three weeks this man spent with these people. And like I say, there's people today who have been in churches for 30 years and don't have a grasp on the things that Paul taught these people in three weeks. Now, they they fell into some twitchy things here because people started telling, well, you missed a rapture, it's over, you're done, Jesus already came back, and you're out of gas. That's why 2 Thessalonians was written. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, But now we beseech ye, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter, as from us as the day of the Lord or day of Christ is at hand. So the spirit, somebody stood up in church one day and said, I think the rapture already happened. Or they, they were, you know, just like today, you got so many bad theologians, as they call them. That's a scare quote thing. You got so many bad preachers out there. You got so many bad book writers. Uh, Bill, in this message that I snipped one of those from, he, he gives a couple of examples. The guy that wrote The Shack, if you've ever heard of it, doesn't even believe in the deity of Christ. I don't think he believes in God, period. But he wrote a Christian book, and you'd go to the Christian bookstores that are still open, which thankfully a lot of them have closed. All you can do is go online and find them. 
big ones like Family Books, uh, Family something, Family Bookstore, or whatever. It was a Christian bookstore. Now you know they had Bibles. That's good. And there's a there's a few writers, the old ones out there that can you know give you some thought. But these new guys, man, they're coming along with all kinds of garbage. Joel Osteen, live your best life today, you know. And and the Shaq guy, I don't remember his name, don't want to know. I don't want you looking him up. And the Jesus calling from uh, Sarah something or another. These people spoke in a different spirit. What did he say? We, that... Uh, you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, or nor by word. These guys who preach all kinds of who knows what. Or they preach nothing at all. You can sit in a church, and when you get done, you heard stories, jokes, and a plethora of nothing. Mumbling and jumbling. It just goes right back to there's bad leadership in our nation's capital and there's bad leadership in our churches. Leadership that should have swept itself aside and let someone else step in or close the church doors altogether. There's so many churches that don't preach the word of God. Oh, they use the Bible. Yes, they do. But then they go on a, they lose themselves in the rest of it. What else did Paul talk to these people about? Because they were shaken in mind and scared because people told them they were done. And why would they do that? They told them, you missed it. Oh, no, hey, the harapazzo, the rapture is gone. It's over. Jesus came back. You missed it. You're done. Because now the devil has these people who are trying to be strong believers, who are trying to walk in the Lord, trying to do the things that are right by the word, and by what Paul taught them, well, there's no sense in it. We missed it. We're done. It's over. Trust me. If it happens, I'm sorry. Trust me. When it happens, you'll know it. Let no man deceive you, verse 3 of Second Thessalonians 2. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day, the day of the Lord, shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. That the day of the Lord can't come. The, the rapture, as they call it, will not come until the church knows, the church should know, who that man of sin, the son of perdition. You know, you look up, there's only one other guy that was uh, um referred to as the son of perdition was Judas Iscariot. And what did he do? He he betrayed the Lord. He walked with him for three and a half years. He betrayed him. And then he went and hung himself. His guts fell out all over the place. So what are we looking at here? What are we talking about? Why are we going on? And I think that's something something I need to do more often. Uh, detach myself a little bit from all the garbage that happens in the world today and just get back to the basics. Maybe I'm spending too much time. Maybe uh, I've wasted too much in these past months on, you know, trying to gather the sheep a different way. And that's wrong. 
Verse 5, remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things. So what he's saying is, you know, this guy who's going to set himself up first, and that would be considered, if you go to Revelation, you'll read about the uh, the seals were being broken open, and the first one was a, there's a man sitting on a white horse with a bow in his hand, it was sent out to conquer, to, had the power to conquer, and co- was conquering and to conquer, something like that. I don't have that open to me, to me right now, but I've, I've been studying those four horsemen, as they call it, of the apocalypse, of the revealing, of the unveiling. The four horsemen. We're going to talk about those a little bit more down the road and maybe a little bit more in the book of Revelation because it's necessary. I've heard people's, I've heard leaders in the church say, oh, it's not for us. Then why is it in our Bible? Why isn't it just a pamphlet that we can carry off to the side? Or why is it they only use one verse here and there because they don't understand the rest of them? Like the song in the beginning says, there's a day coming soon when the old will be made new and heaven's glory shines like the morning in our eyes. My friend Bill has seen that day. He coasted along for a while there. We prayed fervently and hopefully that he would return from the ventilator that they put him on but he did not but he did get to see his lord i believe that's where he's at right now was he perfect heavens no did he make mistakes heavens yes did i yesterday the day before and the day before that all the time but i know one day the lord will scoop me up as well as all of the rest of us one way or the other, either the angels will come like they did Lazarus, Lazarus the dip beggar in uh, Luke chapter 16, escorted by the angels to heaven. Or there will be a day when the Lord will return with his saints. Pastor Bill, we will miss you. We won't get any new teaching from you, but we have the old and I I pray, Lord, people look those up. Bill Randles, R-A-N-D-L-E-S. Look him up on YouTube under Believers in Grace. He is going to be missed. Until next time, it's January 22nd, 2022. Tom Richardson with Removing Confusion Podcast. Goodbye.